So we're going to continue on. Um, uh, when I was asked to then speak again this week, I was like, well, what should I talk about this week? Because I was thinking, okay, I gave you guys kind of like a, a brief uh, one, uh, one sermon shot at uh, just a really basic overview on the season of Lent. And so one of the things I wanted to do was try to kind of keep along with that theme and um, talk about maybe some elements that we, um, again, as a people that we found last week that did not have much of a liturgical background, maybe some things that are new and uh, maybe not as familiar to us about this season. And so one of the aspects and the elements, um, this is kind of something that is twofold. It fits really well with the season, and then also it's just something that I think in general that it's good to put forward in front of us and to be mindful of, and that is being generous people and um, as fitting of the kingdom that we belong to as uh, sons and daughters of our Lord. So we're going to be looking today at embracing a generous lifestyle as the, the title for this conversation. Last week, we looked at how Lent is a season of conversion and a season of how we remember our conversion for those of us who have been walking with the Lord um, for any extended period of time. Um, this, we're not new converts. And so in that sense, John then spoke about how Lent um, begins with repentance. And we looked at um, you know earlier in the Psalms about how we... Um, through the, the the psalm of one of the psalms from David, how we have to um, this 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 divine tension that's really difficult for us in terms to grasp our wrap our head hands around is how we can draw close to the Lord, but yet we cannot do it ourselves. We need God's grace to bring us there. We need the Lord to do it for us, and so um, it's just one of those things that in our finiteness that we talked about last week is really difficult and it points to our need for Christ all the more still. So last week we also looked at Romans 5 and we compared how through Adam um, we um, inherited a, a death, but yet through Christ uh, we inherit the fullness of life. And so we looked at that, uh, that dynamic tension there or that transition there. And so going from that, it's going to lead a little bit into what we're talking about today, about how we have been forgiven much, and we have been given much, so therefore um, we need to live in a way that extends out from that, out of our, our gratitude, our thankfulness, our obedience, all should be centered around that idea that we are looking to uh, the transactions made on our behalf through the cross. So we looked at that in Romans 5. Another thing that kind of led me to this conversation was that um, Friday night was a wonderful time of uh, worship and prayer, um, and there was one prayer, and uh, she's not here, so I can't brag about her in person, but uh, Olga had a really great prayer um, like from her soul and her spirit. Like, if you were there, you, you knew how that kind of came from, but like, she was proclaiming the goodness of God and his uh, faithfulness and how he lavishes his love and his grace upon us. And it was just, uh, it was really wonderful and moving. And 
that kind of led me to you know consider that as well. And, and so I hope that's something that, um, as this is a uh, sidebar, hopefully as you attend either worship services or prayer services or just spending time speaking with your brothers and sisters in Christ, hopefully we take it and give some due consideration to the things that they're saying and allow to hear the Lord through those things and to see how the Lord is speaking through our brothers and sisters in Christ. A lot of times we um, only allow God to speak through the word, but not through his ch- members of his church. And I think, and then sometimes we only allow it to be for the people who are up front here speaking um, from the pulpit, but rather than not listening necessarily all the time from our brothers and sisters who are um, you know, just as able to hear from the Spirit and speak what the Lord would have speak to us. So that was something that was just really encouraging to me, was just that idea of thinking about how much that the Lord lavishes upon us. And again, this is something that might be counter to what we think about in the season of Lent. In the season of Lent, we a lot of times we hear over and over again, it's kind of like this gloomy season, which there's an element of sobriety in terms of remembering uh, what we need to be repenting for and what God has brought us out of. But increasingly, as we progress through the season, um, now and leading into the, the, the events of Holy Week, but on Easter Sunday is a culmination of a great celebration for us. And so if we don't understand those things that God has led us out of and through, then Easter has really no value for us. But we will see that hopefully over time that we gain kind of like a spiritual momentum and appreciation for what the Lord has done through this season. Um, and by um, re- returning a tender heart to the Lord, hopefully will help us make Easter um, Sunday a great celebration for all of us, uh, both individually and corporately. So, so that's where I th- my heart is about this season. I hope that that is something that can relate to um, the rest of us. So just like last week, I'm going to keep it brief, and I'm going to keep it very simple, um, not spending a whole lot of time going into real significant um, um, divulging in into, the, into the, these topics. But main thing, two things I want to focus on is that um, Lent has three pillars, so to speak, or three activities that kind of really characterize Lent what that throughout the years. And that is, um, it's time of prayer, a time of fasting, and also a time of what we would call almsgiving, or um, uh, basically being charitable in terms of either our time and our actions, our deeds, um, giving to the poor, being mindful of those who are in need around us. And so, so we're going to look at how almsgiving is an act of sowing, and then we're going to look at, then from there, how do we live generously as people of the kingdom of God. So first, again, starting like we did last week, we look to what Ash Wednesday, how that, um, that day is important because it centers our focus. It takes us out of our day-to-day living to kind of reorient our mind through a physical mark or physical action that we take um, to remind us of some spiritual truths. And so Ash Wednesday um, reminds us of our mortality, reminds us of our finiteness and our created nature. 
and that the Lord invested in us. He invested by uh, imparting His uh, as imparting His nature by be, uh, on us for us to be marked as His image bearers. And then at the final judgment, He will reap a har- harvest of His people. Um, and so we see that um, the Lord by giving to us, giving of His Spirit. Um, he's pouring into us, and that action um, he will take root and takes uh, and expands as God's kingdom is missionally active uh, in the world, um, co-laboring with the Holy Spirit to continue to um, increase that harvest that God is calling unto Himself uh, at the final judgment. So, um, God's generosity here. Um, yields a fruit um, that brings him glory. And I think that we see that starting with Ash Wednesday, that because we are made of dust um, and that to dust we shall be returned, we are being, uh, we were created, we are not of our own, uh, we're not living outside of our own, um, we're not living in our own willpower or so forth. God had to bring us to life and then he sustains us all throughout the way. So through that, um, we can begin to see this idea that by the Lord pouring into us, we can look to that and look to how we are to sow and pour into others as well. So the season of Lent, um, very simply, I think, and it's uh, pretty easy to see, that the season of Lent reminds us of God's abundant grace towards us. We see that um, Again, as we were talking about the liturgical church calendar um, last week, we talked about how the season of Advent speaks to how not only in the world in the cosmological sense, but we can see it in terms of how we relate to our spiritual walk, that there was darkness and that, the, that God himself had to break through into the darkness by the sending of his Son and by redeeming us um, through his... Um, his uh, uh, restoration process, but it starts at Advent, the time of the year that is, uh, you know, the darkest, the the dreariest time of the year, and then we see that God brings us through the time of um, spring and Lent, the early stages of our walk with God, and we can see that through this season that the Lord has done great work, and we spoke a lot about how last week we we, um, labored the point how we are to notate and mark those things. We should be aware of where God's grace has been um, lavished abundantly upon us. And hopefully that each and every one of us um, can take some time or has taken some time to remember those moments with God when God has done something quite remarkable towards us uh, or just remembering in the very subtle and small ways that God's favor has been um, very substantial for us and has been very uh, important to our daily walk, not just our, because um, sometimes we, we only want to focus on the big things that God has done and the big moments where God has been faithful rather than seeing the little ways that God is always is constantly being faithful in our lives. And so Lent gives us a time to remember those things and to reflect upon those things. And so from that, um, for us, 
we see that we have been forgiven mightily. We've been forgiven greatly. Um, as we, re- we looked at last week, looking at our need for repentance, therefore, if we remember that need and we recall that need, then we understand that we have been forgiven greatly. There is a, if, and if we haven't got hold of that, then this idea of being generous is not going to really resonate and take root with us. If we do not understand how much of a sinner that we were and how terrible uh, our life uh, eternally apart from the Lord and how our life being in the level of futility that we were living in and continually would be going into, um, if we don't really recognize the, the magnitude of that, then we're not going to be willing to receive the word that we're commissioned to be generous because we're not going to be thankful. If we are forgiven much, then... The Bible says, he who is forgiven much loves much. If we look at it as, well, God really didn't do a whole lot for me. My life's not really all that different from when the Lord had converted me, had t- turned my heart from a heart of stone into a heart of flesh, and has um, changed my motivations, my ambitions, my goals, um, the way that I am living, my, my purposes in life, if we don't see that as a major overhaul, if we just see it as a little tinkering, then this is not going to be a lifestyle thing for us because we're not going to think that we um, really have gotten that much of a, of a deal. We're, not, we're just going to kind of think like, oh, well, yeah, we got cleaned up a little bit. And you're still, we're still kind of operating from this position of, you know, well, we're, we're not really seeing that it's... God's um, the author of our whole new entire life, but rather just someone who just kind of cleaned up a little bit of, um, you know, where there's some cobwebs and some dusting that need to be done, but not someone that had completely rescued us, therefore um, having a spirit of thankfulness regularly. And so by being thankful we under, to, unto the Lord, we understand that all that is given to us is exactly that. It is given. It is not something that we have um, grabbed and obtained on our own. It is not something that is the fruit of our, uh, our excellentness, our, our skills, our talents. It's not the fruit of our endeavors, but yet it, was, it is the fruit that the Lord um, has bestowed upon us, is what he has given to us. Um, at the fundamental core level. It's not um, just apart from God. It's not that we are accomplishing these things um, on our own. And so we're going to look at how these things, how having uh, embracing generosity, how that can manifest itself in many different ways. A lot of times we look at this in a singular dimension a lot of times. We look at it as usually a lot of times when we hear in church we talk about monetarily um, giving and so forth, but rather how do we be generous in all facets of our lives in many different manners. We're going to take a look at that at the um, as a practical kind of jumping off point when we close here. So one of the things I wanted to take a look at is um, take a look in scripture about how some examples of 
of generosity in terms of um, what the Lord has to say about it. And an example that we're going to be looking at is in 2 Corinthians. And to kind of set the back, backdrop here is that in 2 Corinthians, Paul is writing to the church in Corinth where um, the church in Jerusalem, because of the fact that they are uh, understanding that the, the Lord is, um, has um, given wisdom to the people to not store up uh, and to put roots into Jerusalem because of its, uh, impe- its pending judgment, and that will be taken out on the destruction of the, of the city in 70 AD. And so the church in Jerusalem, knowing that, those folks are under doing or un, they're under undue, um, you know, excessive amount of persecution. Um, they don't have necessarily all the financial means that they have um, at their disposal to be able to um, continue to persevere and through. So they've taken up a collection of, around from the area churches that Paul has um, that Paul and his team has settled throughout uh, the that region. And so the, the thing is that's very interesting about this is that so Paul is calling on to the church of Corinth who um, basically was not exuding generosity, yet Corinth was one of the wealthiest cities at that time. And so this is an amazing thing to kind of wrap our head around. There's, um, there were other churches who were poor, but yet gave more than what the church in Corinth um, gave to this endeavor. And so this is something that's uh, a pretty big indictment against the Corinthian church, that even you out of, with, from this city with great wealth, you yourself are being miserly and you're not extending uh, fullness of love and grace to your fellow brothers and sisters. So we're going to take a look at um, 2 Corinthians 9. So we're picking it up in verse 6. The point is this, this is Paul writing, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. We, we love to dissect that verse right there and just kind of cut this out of the text there. We talk about this uh, all the time. It's usually kind of... Uh, Sometimes, if you've ever been to some um, events, some people will quote this right before they take out the collection basket, or so to speak, or when it's time to get out your checkbook. And it's just like, now just remember, you know, got to cover ourselves here. God loves a cheerful giver. I'm like, well, all right, that's pretty heavy-handed right there. Uh, um, I guess I'll, I will be cheerful uh, and, and give accordingly. Um, but nevertheless, um, so we, this is the thing about needing to know scripture in context and not necessarily just chopping up verses, but nevertheless, um, verse eight, and God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, uh, as Greg would love to say, all means all, and there's three alls in there. So that's, that's hammering home the point here that um, God will give us what we need in the moment and so that we may abound, abound in every good work. Going on in verse 9, As it is written, He has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness, righteousness endures forever. 
He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. I think it's important to see here, especially in this verses, these verses, it highlights that it's not necessarily doing something out of duty or obligation or what is right, but rather turning our focus and our motivations towards having a thankful heart to our Lord and remembering that he is going to be able to... Um, provide everything that we need, and it might not look the way that we expect it to look. It might not come in the manner that we're expecting it to come in, but nevertheless, the Lord will provide. By their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others. While they long for you and pray for you, because of the surpassing grace of God upon you, thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. So we see that, again, Paul is tying that how we relate to the Lord has a direct correlation to our response to the needs of others, especially within within our own body. First and foremost, um, it's God is not saying go and be um, negligent and just kind of be free giving to every and uh, and all causes because um, we have to have some love. We have to have level of wisdom in terms of how do we prioritize our resources. And if first, if we you know are if we can prioritize our resources towards those who are in the kingdom of God who are working to expand the kingdom of God, then that is a great place to start. Um, and frankly, any causes that are not working towards that goal, that should we should not be sowing into that. Um, there are many huge um, charitable organizations in our country that don't necessarily have God's uh, intent, God's purposes, his, um, his uh, calling in terms of his plan for reaching the lost and and so forth, there are organizations that have millions upon millions upon millions upon millions of dollars in their budget of what they receive. and But those are not places that we as Christians should be sowing into because they are, um, they are looking to be um, apart from God. We should be looking first and foremost to places that want to see the kingdom of God expanded in our uh, in our um, area, into our uh, state, our country, our world, uh, and so forth. So, and looking to see who's actually doing that in an effective manner. Something that's going to be people who are doing it for the fruit will last, rather than be something that is um, fleeting and so forth. So, anyways, continuing on, our God is rich. He is not stingy or impoverished. And where this is difficult sometimes for us to relate is that therefore we should not be 
either. We should not be stingy. We should not live in a way of that is um, under the spirit of poverty where um, we're looking for all the free handouts that we can possibly find. We're not trying to take advantage of the system uh, in ways that pushes eth- you know, ethical boundaries. Not looking to, um, to be always focused on uh, the, you know, our wants that are really just that once. Um, a lot of times we get caught up in this idea that, um, you know, we have, the, because of what the world is doing around us, um, which increasingly more and more, our, our culture around us is under the spirit of poverty. They're, we're we're um, mortgaging our future by, you know, overspending on today. Um, we're doing all kinds of things that is preventing us from handing off something that's better to the future, which is the true idea of by sowing in now, investing in now, something in the future, there will be a harvest that will be of greater benefit um, either to us or those who come after us. And many times it's for those who come after us more so than for us. And that's a hard sell for a lot of folks is for you to, for, for us to be willing to sacrifice now not for us, because sometimes we can, we can justify sacrificing now for ourselves at a later date, but rather sacrificing now for others that, um, and their benefit, you know, that comes after us where we do not partake in the fruit, that's a really hard sell. But yet there's, um, that is, uh, I think, where God would have our heart to be because we need to see that what we're doing as the church worldwide is we're passing a baton on to the next generation and the next generation and, and so forth and not just hoarding up for ourselves. Um, so one of the things that we don't really talk a whole lot about generosity because it gets into a lot of, uh, I think as a whole, into a lot of weird and uh, um, let's just say uh, very wrong ways of thinking. Um, sometimes we relate to this topic that God is kind of like our genie, or we look at these verses where we say, let's see, we'll go back to here in verses six. We sometimes read these verses as that this is a formula to manipulate God, that if we are, whatever it is that we're doing, whether it's sowing monetarily, whether it is sowing spiritually, that therefore, you know, the bill is going to come due on God and God's going to have to pay up at some point. Whether God's going to give me a better job where um, I make a whole lot of money and I can be really comfortable with a lot of possessions, or if it's spiritually, in the spiritual sense, if I spend time with the Lord at some point, he's going to have to raise me up into greater realms of authority um, and so forth. Whatever it may be, whatever twisted thing that our flesh would do um, to take these these words and to uh, put them into our our soul in a way that's not how God intended. Um, but a lot of times, as as Christians, I think sometimes we we don't want to talk about this this idea of being generous because of the fact that we think that we're going to lead to this. Well, if I give X, 
God needs to give me uh, y, you know, x plus interest. And it's, that's not necessarily, I mean, if, if that's where our heart is, then we need to repent and start over, so to speak, in the sense of how we, our posture is towards uh, gen- being generous and how do we live a life that is first thankful for what the Lord has done and not be expecting that, um, you know, not being entitled to or thinking that God owes us for anything whatsoever. I think, uh, and, and um, you know, on Friday, another thing from Friday night, John mentioned this, how we've had um, really great testimonies, and we have had, a, we've had some more testimonies even of late, of folks who have had God bringing them uh, increased favor on their jobs or their vocations. And, and John was very good to be very clear about the fact that it's not necessarily that it's, you know, because if you come to Grace Christian Fellowship and you do all the things we say, then therefore God will eventually owe you a better job. That's not what we're saying uh, when we say that. But we do say that for whatever uh, wonderful, mysterious way, the Lord seems to uh, have been do- has been doing that for us. Um, and it's been a wonderful thing to watch how that's uh, unfolded in people's lives. I, but I don't think it's like that. Say, if if you're not experiencing that, if you're not experiencing uh, greater and greater, uh, you know, growth in your career, I don't think that it's necessarily saying that. Okay, well, because you're not seeing that, then therefore, uh, you obviously are doing something wrong. So I hope that we make sure that we don't make a correlation that necessarily that, um, you know, this begets this because you know we're trying to get something out of God, but rather um, it's a byproduct of our heart's posture towards the Lord and what God is calling us to do overall. So last thing I want to hit on before we close is that generosity is, like I said, is more than just our money and our finances. Um, And I think that in a lot of ways, um, we really handcuff ourselves by only focusing on our checkbook in terms of how what it means to be generous. And, I, and there's some many elements here that I've put, uh, put on the board that I think, um, and there's, there's numerous other ways as well, but uh, time I think is probably the, in my opinion, is, and this maybe is just how I, God maybe is trying to work in me, is that time, being generous with my time, is you know, something that is significant. And I think that um, for many of us, in terms of many of us in this room are very, 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 very busy people in terms of a lot of people are either going to school and working a job, or if you're working a job, you're also raising a family, um, you're also involved in the ministry. So all of those things, like to take an extra hour to either uh, tutor a brother and sister uh, in things in the of the Lord or um, to serve the church in more practical, physical ways in terms of like if we have to do, you know, the, the cleanup work here on, sun, on Saturday nights, um, all those little things, those add up quite a bit. And eventually, um, you know, if anyone here is like me, you're guarded with your time a bit. You know, your time is something that um, at a certain point you realize that you can't get back. So once you give it away, it's gone. <laughs> and, it, and it's like, 
oh, I could really would have loved to have that extra hour of sleep that today during the daylight savings time, uh, as we were bemoaning earlier. Uh, it's like, man, I really would have loved that hour back. <laughs> but, um, but nevertheless, you know, time has significant value, and by pouring that into others, I, that is in my mind, probably one of the greatest gifts that you can give someone is your time. Uh, Time, even just if it's not even where you're actively um, trying to help them per se by either um, sharing some wisdom from the Lord or, but just being there for somebody, um, being a uh, participant in their life and the participant in their struggles, that is uh, a huge blessing. Um, and that's also a really hard thing to do because a lot of times when you're particip- doing those sorts of things, those are the those things are not you know jobs that get really thanked and praised. Those are things that are not like glamorous. Sometimes they're just like uh, you know you're could be really boring. Frankly, you know, going to someone's graduation ceremony and just like oh my gosh, this thing is four hours long and it's still going. How many people graduated this year? You know, it's like I mean they're. They're giving all kinds of degrees out, uh, you know, and then the, and the person's still talking and talking and talking. You're like, wrap this up. Uh, come on. I have places to be at. Don't you know we have to get to the lunch, you know, after this? I'm hungry. You know, so having that, that idea of giving of your time, I think, is really substantial. And especially now, because there's so many things that compete for our time. Like in our culture, there are so many things that we could be doing. And I think that the 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 our culture tries to tempt us very strongly to make sure that if you're not doing something then something's wrong with you so to speak like you you got to be a busy body all the time going and doing and going and doing going and doing and rather than um taking the time to really um make sure that you're investing in other people uh and so forth and investing into your into the body. I think that's really important. Um, being generous with our grace. And by this, I mean, I don't mean like saying that you're just saying, well, I really don't care what your, how you hurt me or your sins against me and so forth. And you're not really going to go through the process of working that out with somebody in terms of needing to go through a process of forgiveness and reconciliation, but rather, um, you know, how do we relate to each other? How do we hold each other up and care um, in terms of how do we, um, if someone were to uh, offend us, don't you know, don't do the wrong thing, which is to allow a root of bitterness to to take hold of your spirit. Rather, be gracious enough and loving enough to go to that person and to want to deal with it right then and there. Um, you know, don't be doing things like throwing people under the bus, so to speak, and uh, you know. Uh, gossiping and all that stuff. Great, being generous in our grace and how we love and care and honor one another, I think is a real significant thing. Um, but it's not saying to just allow un, you know people just to walk all over you and so forth. I'm not saying that, but I am saying how do you um, extend that? You know, how do you leverage that relationship? Allow there that person to. Um, you know, in their weak moments, how do you not cause that to be something that's uh, that blows up your relationship, so to speak? That you're willing to uh, work through it and still save the relationship. 
being generous in our courtesy of one another, um, just being mindful of like the little things. I know that we uh, over the years have kind of hammered things home, but realizing that if you are an able-bodied young person, you know, help out some of those folks who are not so. Uh, or if someone uh, needs help with, uh, you know, their, with their children or things like that, or, you know, you see things happening in the parking lot where it looks like someone could really use some help in terms of just getting in the building sometimes can be really hard. Uh, and just extending that and being aware of and, and, and seeing, okay, well, I can... I can hold the door for so-and-so. I mean, that sounds very little, but that's showing that you're paying attention and caring. Um, but there's a lot of little ways where being just uh, kind uh, and being, uh, you know, good with communication and, and uh, speaking, giving people notice and so forth, those little things add up uh, in a big way. And so being generous in that aspect is um just uh, a great baseline that you can build off of. Um, being generous with your patience. And that's, <laughs> that, that, that's probably the hardest one for me, if I'm being honest on all this, in terms of uh, on this list up here, is just like, you know, you, at a certain point, uh, your flesh wants to just be indignant and wants to be like, you know what, you know, this person's wasting my time uh, or uh, whatever it may be, um, but rather just you know, listening or, you know, enduring for a time. You know, it's like if you have to wait an extra 10 to 15 minutes for something, that's okay. In the grand scheme of life, that's okay. You don't need to make your waitress feel like she has committed a mortal sin or something like that and that she needs to go repent right now and uh, because she took forever to get your food or your drink order. You know, having patience and, and enduring for, you know, during, during that time, is something that can be a great blessing to somebody else. And then lastly, and I think we do this um, to, a, uh, I think, a pretty uh, good degree here at Grace Christian Fellowship, is hospitality. I think that we have a lot of welcoming and loving folks. Um, but nevertheless, be continue to um, grow in that. There's, um, you know, Find out ways that if if you if you are someone who hasn't grown in this, if this is something that's still kind of foreign to you, find someone. Love for you to go talk to John and Leah Gray. They're they're the most wonderful people when it comes to being uh, generously hospitable. And so um, talk to them about what what motivates them to do those things, and um, what are strategies that they employ, and how do they go about doing it. And um, because overall. I think that where where the overall theme of this is, of being generous, is understanding that whatever you have has been given to you, and so it is given to you for a purpose. Your time here is given for a purpose. Your uh, the, the the things that the Lord has blessed you with possession wise, it's to be used for a purpose, and um and. That purpose oftentimes is to just simply display his love to those who he is calling to you to display it to in that moment. Whether it's somebody within the body, whether it's some, that person at the line of the, you know, at Kroger or someplace like that. You know, there are moments where you can have a word or, um, you know, an opportunity to just showcase who God's, who God is and his nature to somebody and, by cultivating a mindset of 
freely given, giving what God is pouring into you and being ready to do that at the notice that God prompts you to by the Holy Spirit, those, those two things are very key. And I think that's how on a day-to-day basis, um, you know, sometimes we think about if we're not doing major evangelistic campaign efforts that we cannot be, that we're not doing anything necessarily to extend God's kingdom. And I think that there, we, we think light of the small things and the small moments. And I think the, this have being ready at all times to give a witness to, the, uh, to who the Lord is by our, how we are living thankfully manifesting fruits of being generous to others and those around us, I think that helps us keep be, you know, continually be mindful of, again, what this season of Lent is all about, which is um, that God has uh, brought conversion. He has brought light where there was darkness, and he is bringing growth, and he will sustain that growth all the way to, all the, way to the harvest. So that's all I have for today. So we're going to close uh, in prayer. Dear Lord, I just ask that you would um, bring conviction to us, that you would uh, bring clarity that um, to our minds, that we would relate to you um, as, as our Father who gives good gifts. And Lord, that we would desire um, the ultimate gift, the gift of yourself, um, more and more each day, Lord, that we would uh, press into that, Lord, and that we would seek that, and that we would know that we uh, will find you if we, if we seek you, Lord, that it is, um, you will not hide yourself from us, you will not remove yourself from us, Lord, um, for those who are uh, eager to sit at your feet and to uh, encounter you. Lord, I pray that we would, um, in, this, uh, in this region, in this place where, um, you know, this, this city is uh, struggling in, in many different ways, Lord, spiritually, financially, and so forth. Lord, I pray that uh, you would help us be a blessing, um, both individually and corporately, to the neighborhoods around us, uh, to the families around us, that we would be able to um, come along people to uplift uh, folks out of poverty, um, both in the sense of uh, real um, financial poverty, but also the poverty of spirit um, in terms of um, just sowing into to bad things, Lord, that's not sowing into you. And um, God, we just ask that you would prepare us, uh, Lord, um, each day to be cheerful givers. Uh, when, we, when we wake, that we would be cheerful with our time, um, that we would understand that is uh, your time, and we're just living uh, on borrowed time, Lord. Um, so Lord, we just ask that today, uh, as we would um, worship you this morning, Lord, that we would give you all the glory that you duly deserve. In Jesus' name, amen.